0: In this episode of A Psychic Story, we have the pleasure of hearing from Rosemary Eltia, a medium and healer. When she began to have psychic visions from a young age, Rosemary's parents threatened to commit her to a mental asylum. Despite experiencing trials and tribulations at an early age, Rosemary went on to found four healing centers to help others and published several books, some of them New York Times bestsellers, that have since been translated into multiple languages. She also appeared over the years on various TV shows such as Oprah and Larry King Live. We kick off our conversation with Rosemary sharing how a chance encounter at a private party catapulted her confidence in the metaphysical and go deeper into one of her book's soul signs which is very different than the zodiac signs we grew up learning about. Please join me in welcoming Rosemary to the show. That, of course I
1: was crazy because I was you know seeming to do weird things however afterwards the reaction, except for one guy, the reaction of most of the people there was sort of perhaps curiosity or what have you. Um, and the, the man who whose house it was, he sat me down and he, you know, they made me a cup of tea. They were very nice to me. And then as I left the house, I couldn't wait to get out of there, to be honest. I just wanted to get out and go home. And uh, because now everybody there knew I was crazy. And and he, this guy walked me out, cried, his name is Paul Denham. He walked me out of the car and he said to me, he held my hand and he said, I know you think you're crazy, Rosemary, and I know you think I'm crazy too, but one day very soon you're going to realize that you are one of the famous people on this earth. And he was right. And he called me the next day, he and his wife called me the next day, and my, let's say, my coming out <laughs> started then. <laughs> And here we are all these years later.
0: So your friend took you to a tarot card reader and the house, and then you started getting information, and you were really worried about it, and he was kind of your first confirmation in terms of...
1: No, no, It actually, the tarot card reader didn't give me any information at all. It was me who was giving the information. Uh, I kept seeing his cards and thinking, because I could, you know, because I was sitting right next to him, I kept thinking, you know, that. That's for me. I've never read tarot cards in my life. That's you know, thinking. That that's for me. That's well, that's for me. Mm-hmm. Every time he put a card down, and at some point he turned to me and he said, "Rosemary, I think these cards are for you." That's off. So I shrunk back into my shell. But then at some point, without any warning whatsoever, this crazy, crazy thing happened, and I went into a trance state. And I saw things, and unbeknownst to me, I was recounting these things to everybody. Uh, when I finally came to, I was sitting in a room full of strangers. I've never met any of these people before. I was sitting in a room full of strangers who were staring at me like I was a crazy person. And I thought, I've gone and done it. Because it was not the first time I've had a, a trans experience, but always before, I've been on my own. because. I didn't want to be around people. I kept myself to myself, didn't talk about it to anyone. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, tears streaming down my face because of the what I saw and the vision that I saw that I had inadvertently recounted to everybody. And um, and everybody there was completely and utterly shocked, looking at me, staring at me like I was a crazy person. And of course, then it was confirmed to me that I am a crazy person. <laughs> So it really wasn't a tarot card reader. He didn't have anything to say to me that was anything at all relevant to me, and he was he became sort of such a small part of it. And it was Paul Denham himself who, when he took me to one side, when he walked me out of the car, who said to me, uh, "You know, one day soon." And he called me the next morning and said, "Can you come and talk to us? I think I can help you." And uh, by this time. I have to say, I mean, my daughter at this time is some, somewhere around ten years old, and I was pretty desperate because the visions were coming stronger and stronger. The voices I was hearing were louder and louder, and, and uh, you know, it was sort of it was all day, every day. I felt as if I was drowning in these weird experiences and couldn't escape them. So when uh, Paul Denham said to me, "Come and talk to me. I think I can help you," it was almost as if he. Held out a lifeline to me, and I grabbed it not even knowing where it would take me. But anything has to be better than what I was going through. So, you know, so it was a a traumatic, uh, it sounds very dramatic, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. And I hate, I hate sounding dramatic because I'm a very feet on the ground kind of a person. I try to apply common sense to everything that I do, everything that happens. And um, so I know when I'm telling this tale that I know what it sounds like. It sounds like I'm a crazy person. But that's the way that it was, and that's how it happened. And then sitting with Paul Denham and his wife, uh, they told me stories about him as a healer, and they told me different stories about things, and then they suggested that we meet every Wednesday night to, as they called it, they wanted to uh, help me to develop this gift that they were sure that I had. And, um, it was on that very first Wednesday night that I went along and Paul had invited some other people as well that we all realized that it wasn't a question of sitting in a development group. Uh, it was, it was very much like somebody shaking a champagne bottle and popping the cork and everything came out. And, uh, and that was when Paul realized he actually said to me, that night, you know, one day I believe it will be one of the greatest mediums the world has seen. I don't propose in any way that I am, but I do know that I've traveled all over the world and that I've had some amazing experiences. And I've been on more TV shows than I can count. And I've been very, very blessed with my.
0: That's just amazing. And especially that, like you said, things don't just happen at random. It's always with a purpose. And the fact that he was there and that it was a lifeline, so to speak, that he gave to you. What was it like when you first started kind of having, as you described them, trances and you were communicating to what it is that you experience now?
1: Um, Well, when I you know, when I first had them, of course, I was, I was all by myself. And, and so, uh, for instance, I'll give you an example. I would be sitting on the on the sofa. I'm not sure that you would say that this was a trans state, but I'd be sitting on the sofa by myself reading a book. And I'd look up, and uh, on the opposite sofa, uh, there, there'd there be a man. And, uh, you know, instead of screaming and running from the house, as most people would, I would become <laughs> a very curious person. <laughs> And I looked at him. I say, "Who are you?" And I know that that's not normal. Don't think that I know that that's not normal. So I was having this really abnormal behavior. You know, who are you and what do you want? Some people would say he was a spectre, but to me, he was he was solid. He was real. He, you know, and not just him, but that happened most often in or very often in, in my life from when I was a little girl. Then when I started working. Let's say professionally and sort of really understanding what it was that I was doing. I mean, I have to be honest with you, when I first discovered that I could do this, I was a nightmare. You would not have liked me. I was, I was, I was, I became a horrible person. I was so full of myself. I knew just how good I was and nobody could tell me that I was wrong. And that lasted for all of about a month or six (laughs) weeks or something. (laughs) (laughs) but it was like I went from being nothing from being shy from being afraid to look at you wow so you know Uh, and then my spirit guide Rachel made sure to put me in a situation Uh, I ended up in a house that was so dirty, filthy, horrible, and my snobbish behavior was I looked down my nose and I thought, I can't work in a dirty house. Well, of course, of, of course I could work in a dirty house. It's not about the house and the state of the house. It's about people in the house. And I did some of my best work in that house. And I walked out of there knowing absolutely that Rabel had sucked me down. He'd given me a, in a very sweet, nice way. He said to me, don't ever say that you can't work you know unless it's right for you you're better than that you're more than that and he taught me humility uh, is, uh, is is something that i think all good mediums should have and all good mediums do have so humility went a long way to you know making me realize hold on it's not me who's special it's the gift that is special and from then on I realized and started to appreciate, uh, I set up my own healing center. We ended up with uh, four healing centers all together when I was in England. And um, uh, so I was not only working with my mediumship, but I was working as a healer as well. And then I became very fortunate. My First book, *The Eagle and the Rose*, became a New York Times bestseller, and um, you know, totally floored everybody. But that gave me the opportunity. When I started earning sort of real money in that way, that gave me the opportunity to do another side of my work where I didn't have to charge, and I've never charged for healing ever. And I've been very fortunate to be able to afford to. You know, when you get something, it's always the right thing is to give back. I try to give back. More than I get, but it's not possible because I get so much out of it, no matter how hard I try to give back at least as much, I can never quite win out because I get so much more from what I do and I've been as I said Nicole, I've been very, very blessed uh in my in my work and in my life I've traveled all over the world and I've seen some wonderful people I've stayed in palaces and I've been to hobbles and People are all the same. You treat the princes and the princesses in the same way that you treat the, you know, the regular person on the street, the little person who's in a little hold-up, dirty little place. You gather them to you. You put your arms around them because after all, you know, we're all born of God, aren't we?
0: Born well, and the same.
1: We try. And that's where humility comes in as well, you know. I mean, I get taken out by you know, people who are, other people might say, oh, that's a famous person, or this is a famous person, and everybody then looks at me as if I'm sort of part of that, and I could let it go to my head, but truthfully, you know, the people are people, and a rich man can be in as much pain as a poor man, and, uh, you know, so you have to treat people just as individuals as they are, and and, you know, that I think that's the only way That's the only way that I can be uh, learning humility and acting on that humility, I think, is the biggest, biggest thing for
0: me. Well, first, I wanted to say thank you very much for just being a pioneer in this industry, because the fact of the matter is, is that I think it would it would you also had a lot of success, I'm assuming, as well, because you had the courage to be upfront and share your experience and your gift with others and your abilities. And then you also mentioned the healing piece of it. So what, how did, okay. So from communicating with <laughs> the, you know, loved ones who passed on to healing, what was that bridge? How did you get involved in that?
1: Well, I started, uh, you know, my clientele grew and grew and grew. And, um, you know, there was a time when I, was ridiculously so I had a, something like a seven year waiting list. I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, and, you know, I stopped for that, but what happened was that a lot of the people who were coming to me to communicate with their loved ones, we either found through their loved ones or through my uh, guide Grey Eagle, we found that you know a lot of these people had their own abilities, but more and more and more so, uh, rather than their abilities in towards mediumship, uh, their abilities are were towards healing. Now I believe that everybody on this planet has the gift of healing. Some have. A greater gift. uh, Some have a lesser gift, but I think we all can learn the art of healing. And so people were coming to me, and you know, more and more people were saying, "Do you take classes? Do you teach, etc. and etc.?" And so I, I find, I, I found myself. uh, If we go back to the Paul and Irene Denham story, uh, this couple used to have people every Friday night. They'd have a group of people and they'd invite a guest, and then at some point. They went away for a few weeks and asked me if I would take over and do it for them. So I did. Well, then the group started to be more and more people who wanted to learn about healing. And that's how my classes began. And that's how, you know, we started. I did start to teach people about healing. Now, the funny thing about this, Nicole, is that having been uh, myself uh, very sick many years ago and uh, I've had two Uh, major surgeries, life threatening surgeries and being in hospitals and, and all that, all that awful stuff. Uh, I hated to go into hospitals. I hated to be around sick people. Not that I hated the sick people themselves, but I hated to be around them. And I avoided that that side of things at all cost because, having gone through it myself, I didn't want to be involved. But here I now am teaching people about healing and helping them to develop their gifts for healing. And inevitably, at some point, there's only so much you can teach before you say, "Okay, we have to take an action now." So we set up our first healing center where we have patients coming in from all over the place, sick people, who I hated to be around, (laughs) and I found myself then, uh, in some ways, forced, but willingly, sort of willingly forced, to deal with people who were sick. And I got then calls from doctors and hospitals to come into those places, and I found, yeah, found myself doing the one thing I really hated doing, but. Once again, you know, it's about humility. Once you set your own self aside and your own fears aside, you're going in to see somebody who's dying or you're going in to see someone who has a brain tumor or you're going to see a little child who's got, you know, 70% burns all over the body, this sort of thing. You set your own self aside. Uh, You go away afterwards and you might cry. I tell you, I've cried lots of times, but when you're there... You're there for that person. Your own feelings don't matter. And because I connect with my spirit guide Regal, and because I connect with the spirit world generally, don't think for one minute that those people weren't with me and supporting me and they were absolutely. The spirit world supported me in all of this. And I could not possibly have done the things that I have done. I could not possibly help people in these awful circumstances were it not for the strength that I gathered from those in the spirit world who are so supportive of me. Well, you
0: touched on something very important, and that is that in terms of healing and when you were there, a lot of times, and I completely agree with you, that we all have the ability to heal, whether it's ourselves or others. We're all made up of energy, and that energy is transmuted depending on how we present ourselves, how we live our lives. And the fact that you are there to hold the energy for somebody else Regardless of where that healing energy is coming from, whether you want to say it's a certain god or a spirit or what have you, that spiritual world that's out there—that is also energy—and you are here in the present, holding that space, holding that energy, so that then the good things can come through and transmute and heal on that end. So I think that that's just amazing that you do that, and then you experience that, and then you know set up the healing centers and everything else um, for for people.
1: I don't really feel but it, it's amazing on my part when I was a little girl my mother used to send myself and my sisters to a church and we went every Sunday so that she could have a Sunday afternoon off to watch the Sunday movie She never went to church at all but we went and um and I you know my family I, I, I was brought up in a in a very uh, difficult environment my parents hated each other, my mother hated me, and on and on and on that goes. But moving moving on from that, my church, these people at my church became my family. They became my protectors. They became the people that I listened to. They were kind to me. They were loving to me. And so, you know, I became involved in the church and I learned all about uh, Christ. Uh, I considered him my saviour. Uh, I grew up knowing him and I know this is probably going to sound really, really weird to some people, but I have seen him. Uh, I once had a, a healer friend of mine come into my house and we were giving healing to a, uh, a young boy who was very sick. And, uh, I was sitting with my head bowed. I was praying. I was sending my healing energy and I suddenly, for whatever reason, looked up and I have a really old rocking chair standing by the rocking chair was was, was uh my savior he christ standing there in my living room i looked i looked again he smiled at me and the next thing he was gone uh, i feel him sometimes um when i put my hands on the patient i feel his hands over mine so it's not so much that it's amazing i think it's somewhat about faith you know most people if you ask them will say yeah i I have faith, I have faith in God, or I have faith in the universe, or whatever it is you believe, I have faith. Having faith and living yourself, walking, living with your faith, or living your faith, walking every day with that faith, and no matter how difficult life becomes, holding on to that faith and having faith that things are going to work out as they should, I think, you know, it's it's very hard to live your faith, very, very hard, Uh, but because... I'm fortunate. I don't think it I don't think I'm an amazing person in any way. I just think I'm so fortunate because I I have evidence of my own eyes. I talk to people in the spirit world all the time. I have my spirit guide, Gray Eagle, to reassure me and to help me and to guide me. So maybe it's easier for me to live my faith than it is most people. But I try to live my faith every day and what needs to be done just has to be done. So I opened the healing center for my students because here they are learning about healing, but when they're never going to practice it, okay, let's give them a job. <laughs> let's open the healing center. And, uh, and that organization went on for over 25 years until I moved, uh, to, uh, to America. And even after I'd moved for 10 years after I'd moved, it went on for those 10 years until we all became too old and too <laughs> Too haggard to
0: carry out well I think I mean what you said in terms of you're not amazing I think we all are amazing but it's amazing that you're able to have that connection with the spirit world and with that energy because you are open to it and you've embraced it and the humbleness piece it comes from just an I think a obviously experience but then a knowing and an understanding that you it is a gift and it is living in gratitude and that we're all not perfect but that if we can just try a little bit you know every day to make ourselves better and then also the fact too that you know we again have this ability and just to be open to it and not so scared I think is you know very important for people that are listening to you know understand so shifting gears a little bit what gave you the idea to write and publish soul signs a guide to your spiritual destiny
1: well, I do want to say that it isn't my latest book, um, but it is an amazing book, Soul Signs. Uh, you know, you've heard the phrase, when the student is ready, the teacher comes, right? You've heard that phrase. And for so for a long, long time, for years and years, I was doing my work. I was oblivious to the fact that there were, in fact, soul signs. I was oblivious to the fact that you know, souls are created in a certain way, there are certain pockets of energy which each soul is created from. I was oblivious to all of that until Ravel decided one day, I guess he must have thought, okay, you're ready for the next, you know, thing. Because as as a a medium and a healer, I mean, I am open to learning. My students teach me just as much as I teach them. So I think you know i'm I'm always open to new things, and it was Gregor. I was actually in California, I was in a rent property on a beach, and I was just sort of you know hanging out uh with you know just just hanging out really and um Gregor started to talk to me um somebody had asked me, "Am I an old soul because you hear people talk of you know well, "I'm she's an old soul or she's an old soul or whatever have you and so I got into a conversation with Gregle about. Old souls. Is there such a thing as an old soul? And he smiled at me. And you know, you when the student asks the question, that usually means that they're ready for the answer. And so he said to me, "No, you are not an old soul. You are a warrior soul." So that piqued my interest, and I said, "What? Well, what is it then? What is a warrior soul? What is an old soul?" And he began to talk to me about the different elements, earth elements, fire. Earth, air, and water, uh, but there's also a fifth element which people don't often think about, which is the element of sulfur. And so he began to describe all these elements and how we are earth-bound souls. All of, all those of us who are on this earth, we are earthbound souls. We are, uh, you know, we are created from these particular earth energies, and so. He started to describing to me first of all how it's almost as if you can visualize as a pocket of energy, right? And you're in one pocket with lots of certain energies, the element of, of earth, for instance, or somebody else is in a pocket that that major element is air and somebody else is in a you know, in another pocket which major element is water. And those energies and we know everything is energy, right, Nicole? You already said that earlier on. We know that everything around us and everything we are is about energy. And so we're able to start to describe how a soul is actually developed and uh, from these different types of energy and the basic elemental energy. And so, uh, so first of all, he described that to me. And then he described that, uh, for instance, if you are uh, an earth uh, soul, which I am, Uh, there are three different soul signs. Now, when I start talking about this, people, people think, oh, it's just like astrology. It is nothing like astrology, except that we know that everything is connected with everything else. Uh, but this is, this is not about planetary actions as much as the energy of the soul and how the soul develops. And how we, you know, we are, we, we are placed into an environment when we're born to this earth. And this environment encourages those character traits that have been created with the soul or, or you know, for the soul. Um, and, um, so how in some environments, uh, if, for instance, if we're a fire sign, our energy is encouraged or discouraged. And so some of our character traits, some of the soul's character traits are encouraged and some are discouraged depending on who you are, where you are, where you live, and so on. And so the whole idea of soul signs, there are 13 soul signs in all, uh, the, um, in our earth cluster. It's called a cluster, a cluster of souls. And so our, our earth cluster is, soul cluster is made up of 13 different Soul site. There are four groups, or I should say five groups. There are five groups and 13 actual soul signs. I'm going to suggest if anybody wants to read the book, they only have to email me rosemary at com and we can tell them where to get the book. And when you read it, and I do write this clearly in the book, there is a golden rule. The golden rule is first of all, you choose your group. So you either an earth sign, a water sign, an air sign. Uh, What's the other one? <laughs> I've forgotten where I am. <laughs> um, a war, or a fire sign. Thank you. There you are. That's, that's another element. Or you are a solar sign, which very few people are. And that's probably the group that, unless you are a solar sign, you don't want to be near it or anywhere near it. But anyway, so, you know, so in order to find out what soul sign you are, First of all, you need to find your group. And then once you found your group, instead of having 13 soul signs to choose from, you then only have three to choose from. So, you, you know, you choose your group first and then from there it's a process of elimination and you can find what soul sign you are. I'm an earth sign and I'm a warrior soul. My daughter is an earth sign. She is... A visionary soul. And an old soul, because I know people want to know about old souls, an old soul is actually a water sign. A water sign is the compromiser of the soul the soul system, the soul cluster. A water signs are compromisers. Water signs are those people who try to make peace. They want to have peace amongst each other and amongst their family.
0: Like a Mother Teresa or a Gandhi type of peace?
1: Yes, yes. So they would possibly be... Uh, you know water signs uh, a fire sign uh, you know now you don't have to be a dbc to work it out a fire sign is a person who is uh, often lit from within and can ignite pretty fast so fire signs is generally people who are very emotional uh, emotionally responsive lots of actors and actresses Earth signs tend to be a lot of politicians, have a lot of politicians in their group because they are the, the planners and the action takers. The water signs are the compromisers. The fire signs are those people who, you know, do, do act and react on their emotions. And then the air signs I love air signs because they're just so out there. They're just floating out there, and they're the people who just shrug their shoulders and rarely get upset. And they rarely, they rarely, you know, they just sort of allow things to just happen and to go along, go with the flow, as as their air sign indicates. Uh, so the, there are all of these elements, and each soul, each one of us as a soul, is created from a pocket, a certain pocket of energy which then determines their actions, their reactions. It explains, Nicole, how you know how you get siblings, how one sibling gets on really well with another but doesn't get on at all with the other one, how your mother loves your brother more than she loves you, and so on and so forth. It explains the characteristics of people. Compatible signs, an earth sign and a water sign are extremely compatible. Earth feeds water. Uh, well, I should say water feeds earth. Earth gives water a place to be. So earth signs and water signs are extremely compatible. But you can find your soulmate looking through this book and following the rules of this book. Um And um air signs and fire signs are very compatible. For instance, without air, fire doesn't exist. The worst combination you could possibly have is an earth sign and a fire sign. That's my mother and myself. Because fire will scorch earth, but in a heartbeat, earth can put out fire like that. So it's a a fascinating book and it's a fascinating concept. And it's just, you know, it's people read this book and then it becomes like the Bible to them.
0: I was going to say, it sounds almost as if it was, it's the fundamentals because we think of, as you mentioned, astrology, that it's when we're born on this earth and it's where the planets are aligned. And then there's all this mathematical and science behind it. But this takes a different approach, which is looking at. When our souls, not our physical bodies in this lifetime, but our souls are born, what does that mean? And where did we actually come from? And I'm very curious to hear, because as you mentioned, I hadn't heard of sulfur really as a sign before. Why sulfur? It makes a little bit more sense with the earth, air, fire, and water, but sulfur. Oh,
1: you would ask asked me this question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you brought it up and it piqued my interest. So I, I did, but
1: you know, just skimmed over it pretty quickly. <laughs> um, well, all right. Anyone on this planet who believes that there is not evil amongst us is a loving and a wonderful but very naive person because we all know, and especially those of us who do involve ourselves in this work and who are involved with the spirit world, we know that the evil works in certain places. We know that it can pop up at any time. I have personally faced evil. And fortunately I've just explained to you, I have an army of people in the spirit world who have helped me with that. But I talked about it in my books about there's there are certain people who simply just there's no reason for it. You know, you, you can bring up a child and that and give them the perfect environment and that child can just, you know, pull wings off a of butterfly and et cetera and et cetera. There are there are people who are just simply born dark souls. So the soul is fine is about dark souls and um there are three main dark souls dark souls are those people who they choose to come here you know most of us choose to come here And let's be clear about this the majority of us are of god of the light and so on most but dark souls come here like the rest of us they come to learn and they come to grow but they come to learn and they come to grow to become more and more dark There are people who can stray to the dark side, but nevertheless, they still have that little bit of God within them. But dark souls are people who they don't, they're not interested in the light, they're not interested in God, they just, you know, they just want to learn and to grow and to become more and more dark. Um, So I've written about them, well, because Greg will ask me to, so I'm going to do what I'm asked because I think it's important for us all to know that there are these elemental forces out there that aren't good and they're not kind and so on but if we know about them we can prepare ourselves and there are things that we can do and I always will say to people it you know it's like this when we look at good and evil if you have two rooms side by side and one is filled with light and the other is dark when you open the door between the two rooms, what happens? Dark does not flood the light. It can't because the light is stronger. The light is more powerful. The light is more vibrant. What happens is the light, when you open the door to so that between the dark room and the light room, the light infiltrates. It just wipes away the darkness. So the light is the stronger and the more powerful. And as long as we, you know, go and go straying off and do silly things or stupid things you know as long as we, we we try to live our faith the best we can whether or not we fail and we do all of us fail again and again i said earlier i try to live my faith every day but don't think i don't fail because i do all the time but as long as we have that element of goodness in us or as long as we have a little bit of kindness in us that little bit of kindness is light it's pure light it's pure beautiful energy it's You can call it God energy, you can call it universal energy, you can call it what you like, but it's beautiful and it's bright and will dissipate, get rid of the dark every single time. So there's no need for anybody to be afraid of this evil and as long as we're aware of it, then it puts us on our guard if we ever come into that space where there is this evil lurking. And then what we do, as I've done on a few occasions when I've faced evil, I face evil, what I do is I pray and I trust and I lay my faith at the feet of my God. I lay my faith at the feet of the, those in the spirit world and I say over to you guys because you're better at this than I am.
0: Yeah, I would say, do you think that the reason for that in terms of having it, the sulfur signs and everything else is just a matter of balance because we wouldn't have anything to compare it to?
1: Yeah, I mean, the universe, and again, if you think it's different, then I think you must be lovely. Anyone listening to this and thinking that there is no such thing as evil, you're a lovely, lovely person, but you're also extremely naive because we know that evil things happen. We know that bad things happen and we know there are bad people on this planet and the fact that we might want to turn our faces away and ignore them is neither here nor there, they still exist. There is a balance to everything as we know, I mean energy is a balanced thing, if it sits too far one way uh, then you know we're all out of filter so there has to be this uh, balance in life. And. And I think there has to be a balance within us as human beings. I mean, don't tell me, Nicole, that you've been a perfect person the rest of all of your life and that you never did anything naughty when you were a little girl, because we know that that's not true. But that's a good thing, because it means that you balance. You know, you, you can't be perfect all the time.
0: Well, maybe not as a little girl, but maybe as an adult. <laughs> Depends. It kind of flipped, right? Oh, well, well. well. Just kidding. No. <laughs> No, I no, I completely agree. And also when people say, well why do bad things happen to good people or all of that, I think it's just a matter of and correct me if you think something differently, but not only is it a matter of perception, but it is about that balance. And you may think, well that's not fair, but The fact is, and you're the one that opened my eyes to this, is that we are all human beings having a spiritual experience and spirits here, we're having that spiritual experience and hopefully it's more spiritual. So we're learning through that and making sure that we understand where we are in this phase of, I want to say our life, but our soul life, right? And just to know, and like you said, it's Nothing to be afraid of as much as it's more to be aware of. And if we each think about ourselves and look at improving ourselves, it's not about being perfect, but looking at improving ourselves, then the world would be just a much better place instead of worrying about your neighbor or your coworker or your significant other, which all that, right? Well,
1: I'll tell you a very, I'll try and be brief, but there is this story which is very, very uh, relevant to me years years ago i had so many doubts and so many fears about am i doing the right thing and my life was really not great and i had no relationship and you know how it goes and start to feel sorry for yourself and all the rest of it you start to sort of doubt doubt whether you you know whether you're a good person or not a good person and this particular day was a sunny day and i thought stop with the maudling thoughts, go out and have a walk. So I went out into the driveway and I started to walk. And as I started to walk, this beautiful, huge yellow butterfly was fluttering around and around and around my head, so much so that I stopped and just watched it. And eventually, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is what a perfect, beautiful thing this is. And I'm actually thinking, what a perfect thing this is and it lands on my shoulder and I look down at it and I realize that one of its wings is torn quite badly. And I hear Grey Eagle say to me, not perfect, but yet still beautiful. And I think that's how we are seen as human beings. We are not perfect, but yet we are still beautiful. We all have the chance to be beautiful. Don't be afraid if you fail. The the only way I believe you can fail in life is if you don't try. So don't be afraid if you fail. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what's under the bed. Don't be afraid of what's going to come out and say boo to you. Because, because just think this way. If you're afraid of the spirit world or if you're afraid of ghosts or whatever it is, whatever your fear is, those who love you, In the spirit world, those who have lost and gone to the spirit world, they wouldn't harm you when they were here. They certainly are not going to harm you when they're watching over you, trying to guide you, trying to steer you, trying to help you. And my job as a, as a, let's say, a a conduit, is to be the voice for the spirit world, because for those who have no voice or can't be heard in any other way, they use those of us who are able to communicate they use us to be their voice and uh you know there's a there's a temptation sometimes to put your own voice in there as well i have to tell you you know Uh, especially if you're agreeing with what someone in the spirit world says and you want to add to it as a conversation but the the rule certainly my rule is uh you're not you know it's not about you it's not about what you're thinking it's about telling somebody here what someone in the spirit world is saying trying to explain how they're feeling, and and there's nothing to be fearful of in that way. And, you know, God is ever-present for those of us who want him to be there. That's very true.
0: However you define God or what that is, it's very true. We all came from something. And so I think that that's just a beautiful thing to remind everybody about. Before we break, because it's been, I could just talk on and on and on with you, but going <laughs> to give you back your time. What, tell us about your YouTube channel and how people can connect with you that way.
1: Well, I, my, Thursday, I have a Thursday morning YouTube channel. It's 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, they can find it on YouTube um, the Spirit world sees all and um, if they go into there uh, there's a cha- we have a live chat room. they click chat in the corner and uh, in the bottom right hand corner and that takes them to the chat room they can ask any questions they like. Um, there's also we also do a, uh, a Friday night show. Uh, I do that with my friend, Al. That goes on YouTube, but it's also, you can get it on my Facebook page. And um, on the Facebook page, if you go to Everything is Attitude, because it really is, you know, th- th- what is it, my friend Jess says, an attitude of gratitude. We all need to have an attitude of gratitude. And this week, I've got my new assistant coming on as a guest. Uh, she broke a hip very badly. So she's going to be talking about her attitude and what happened to her. And so we have guests on from time to time doing that. So that's a lot of fun as well. And I also do online classes for anybody who's interested. And again, if Nicole, anybody wants to connect with us, rosemary at com. You can find me there.
0: Well, that's just awesome and amazing. And I know you told me not to use those words, but I am anyway. Attitude of gratitude and how to contact you. And I know I wasn't able to join the last one, but that Michelle mentioned your assistant, but I definitely will be joining the next one. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: If you'd like to be a guest, we'll
0: have you as a guest. Okay. Awesome. I think I would love that in the future for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, Rosemary Altia, everyone, and you can find Rosemary if you're just now tuning in. Hopefully you're not go back to the beginning of the episode, but you can find Rosemary on all the primary platforms. That's Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And of course you can pick up any of her books, including soul signs, which we discussed online and i found it on amazon so that's always a good way and i will include any additional info like her email in the show notes and again thank you so much rosemary and i will see you on the next thursday time
1: it was so nice to talk to you by the way you can find me on instagram as well it was so nice to talk to you nicole thank you so much for inviting me on it's been a real pleasure and thank you to all of you listeners too and for all of you out there Remember, have a very, very work at this now. Have a very blessed, blessed
0: day. You as well. Thank you so much, Rosemary. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye. To recap this episode of A Psychic Story. One, find your tribe, people that fully support you and what you do. Two, trust your feelings and your gut. Three, have faith, live with your faith, walk every day with that faith. Things will always work out. Four, all of us on this earth are earthbound souls and represent one of the five elements or signs, fire, earth, air, water, or sulfur. Our souls were created by these particular earth energies. Five, related to the five elements of fire, earth, air, water, and sulfur, there are three soul signs for each, which help souls develop over time. These 13 soul signs are considered a cluster of souls. Six, light is more powerful than dark. Dark can't flood the light because light infiltrates and wipes away the dark. 7. Kindness and goodness within us is the light and it is pure, beautiful energy. This goodness helps to dissipate and get rid of the dark. 8. The only way you can fail in life is if you don't try. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at apsychicstory.com.